From Welcome Villain Films, the studio that brought you the horror hit Malum, as well as Beaten to Death and Hunter Killer, comes their newest nightmare, Mind, Body, Spirit, now available on digital. Directed by Alex Haynes and Matthew Miranda, and produced by Dan Asma, Mind, Body, Spirit follows Anya, an aspiring yoga influencer, as she embarks on a ritual practice left behind by her estranged grandmother. What starts as a spiritual self-help guide quickly evolves into something much more sinister. As Anya becomes increasingly obsessed with the mysterious power of the practice, she unwittingly unleashes an otherworldly entity that begins to take control of her life and her videos. Now, Anya must race to unlock the truth before her descent into madness threatens to consume her mind, body, and spirit. During its festival tour, which stops at Chattanooga Film Festival and the Unnamed Footage Festival, Mind, Body, Spirit garnered praise from critics who call it a found footage version of Hereditary and a knockout found footage horror movie for the live stream era. Experience the first ever yoga-themed found footage horror film and don't miss the film viewers have called extremely frightening and upsetting. Available now on digital anywhere you rent or buy movies online, including Prime Video and Apple Plus. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to LinkedIn.com slash results to claim your credit. That's LinkedIn.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. And welcome back to Scarred for Life, the podcast where we open up old wounds by looking back at the films that scared us as kids. I'm Terry. And I'm Mary Beth. And each episode, our special guest brings with them a movie that traumatized them as a child. 
This week, our guest is Ryan Glover. He's a writer, director, and cinematographer whose latest film, The Quietly Haunting Cosmic Horror, The Strings, is now available on Shudder. Welcome to the show, Ryan! Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm really stoked to be here. We're so we're really to excited to have you. Uh, we were talking before we started recording about how Terry and I watched this movie, not at the like the most recent Salem Horror Fest, but the one in 2020, and how much mm-hmm. we've loved the movie since then. And it's so exciting. 13 months later, it's coming to Shudder. Yeah, we're like so excited and nervous and everything about it. <laughs> Just like watching our bodies live our lives since it was announced pretty much. <laughs> like i am not connected to my physical form i'm just yeah. here just exactly it's that anxious ghost like hovering over myself <laughs> looking in the window yeah you know. <laughs> um okay so before we do get to talk about the strings let's take it back to the beginning how did you get introduced to horror uh for me and i guess uh my two brothers i have a twin brother actually it was all our mom's oh. doing um it was just her showing us movies from you know probably too young um and that was it like when we were growing up it was saturday night it was movie night so you know when we were in elementary school it was like you know here's poltergeist here's jaws like here's et here's oh, wow. you know amityville and like stuff like that and it was just yeah pretty traumatic <laughs> at times um and sort of that was yeah that was it it was just it was mostly my mom just uh she would. She loved movies like that, like Jaws and Alien. Like Alien was one of the first two for sure. Wow. Do you do you remember how old you were probably when you saw Alien? <sighs> Alien might have like been like like the second scary movie we ever saw. I feel like. Oh yeah. wow! I think it was like Poltergeist, and then like wow. Alien. Like maybe Jaws was in there too, but I think Alien might be my mom's like favorite movie. Wow, that's what a trifecta yeah. of uh, young horror movies to watch. Yeah, good lord. For sure. And Poltergeist was the one wow. that, like, like ruined my life for, like, two plus years, for sure. Oh, did it? Every night, like, the closet just past the foot of my bed. It was, like, that was it. It was, like, covers up to the ears and just, like, afraid of my closet. <laughs> and yep. when I go, eventually I got a television in my room, afraid of the television. Like, that movie just lingered. And I don't know why, because, like, it is, like, big and, like, dramatic. And, like, you wouldn't expect most of the things in that movie to be possible but for some reason it was just like getting sucked into my closet was like it was gonna happen essentially that was convinced i had this no but i was the same way with that movie like that movie made me terrified mm-hmm. of my closet for so long like i'm still mm-hmm. a little bit suspect of closets now yeah. <laughs> but like <laughs> when i saw it i was terrified of my closet when i was younger like yeah. that that was a movie like i said scarred me for life like that and jaws were two but poltergeist mm-hmm. ruined me yeah. like it, it just gets into your head especially when you're young enough like mm-hmm. to be like uh-uh Something innocuous as your closet is home to so many horrific things. Like, yeah. nope, nope, yeah. nope, nope. And nope. then I guess, so after like the intro, it was like when we were old enough to have like sleepover birthday parties, it was like you went to Blockbuster and it was seven tapes for seven nights. And like, that's what it was yep. just nonstop, just like every cool box art you could find. You just, we just rented it. It was the best yeah. time. Seriously. Just, uh, just. Go to Blockbuster, go, yep. and then there's your movies for the yeah, week. Yeah, we had a really cool jumbo video. I don't know if that's a Canadian thing or not, but uh, mm. and their horror section was this big wooden castle all year round. It was like a spooky <gasps> haunted castle that you got to like walk that's into, amazing. 
and it was just all <laughs> so you cool. know VHS tapes facing you, and it was yeah, just rented everything. That's incredible. And so, okay, so you talked about, like, you saw Poltergeist and Alien and Jaws, but what were some of your favorites growing up outside of those, like the first ones that you watched? Uh, the whole Alien trilogy was like, that was it for sure. And like, and Ghostbusters and like Jurassic Park and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, but we were like obsessed with the Alien trilogy and got into like comics and stuff that way. I remember we... Oh. Uh, our blockbuster did you read the alien comics we read yeah we would buy and like read all those at the comic shop for sure and i remember like going to the blockbuster and ours had a copy of the vhs trilogy like under lock and key like by the in the display case somewhere um and so eventually like we had a paper route so like we had enough money to go buy like the alien right box set and blockbuster was like we can't sell this to you because you're like 11 years old (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we we like literally had them call our mom at work and was like we were like we're we're not leaving without this box set so like you're gonna have to call my mom and she'll she'll explain everything and like literally we got to leave blockbuster with that box set and it was like our prized possession for sure that is amazing That's so, yeah. i love, that is I love amazing. That a blockbuster employee called your mom at work yeah. <laughs> to make sure that you could have the, the vhs <laughs> box yeah. set that's incredible which is your favorite of the the alien movies the first one is Ooh. my favorite and then i know this is like controversial but like the assembly cut of the third movie is like literally like just below the first one these days okay. oh. i watched the assembly edit uh edit of the third one like constantly it's good but it's great and like the way it's shot and lit and how depressing it is and it's like two hours and 40 minutes long or something um uh-huh and it's completely nihilistic yeah and it's just yeah it's depressing as fuck and i mean like i have i have a whole relationship to that movie because i i feel like it is a metaphor for for the aids epidemic mm-hmm. at the time like i i think that movie is so good that movie is so good it's yeah it's I, fantastic. I skipped three and watched resurrection <laughs> i haven't seen oh, three <laughs> You haven't seen three? No. Okay. I haven't. I just, I, I, I've seen one We're and two. We're going to remedy that. Skipped three, and then I watched four, which is, rid- Resurrection is fucking ridiculous, but it was fun because yeah. it's so dumb. That was a big <laughs> deal. When that one came out, that was a pretty big deal for sure. Like, you had, we had waited a long time for Resurrection to come out. So in our household, it was like, it was massive. And then it was the same when Prometheus came out, like, our whole family mm-hmm. from different, like, we all went to the IMAX to go see Prometheus, like, the first weekend. <sighs> I love I that. Love that so- What'd you guys say? It's like a family bonding experience over chest bursting aliens. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. Nothing brings you together like parasitic aliens. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what did you guys think of Prometheus, though? Like, what was the reaction when you guys came out of the theater? Was it disappointment or did you like it? Uh, I mean, my, I'm sure like my mom and dad were probably like, yeah, that was good. Um, like, we. <laughs> Like we were all like in, you know, we're all filmmakers or in the industry in one way or shape or another. So like, you know, we had thoughts as people would yeah. say. Um, <laughs> I've come to like rewatch it a lot and enjoy it for what it is. And it has some interesting ideas and some of it, you know, is what it is. And it's Prometheus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're being so kind. <laughs> I don't know. I do. I, really I do like, like Prometheus. It, I yes. like Prometheus a lot. For exact again, for what it is, it's a messy movie. It's messy, yeah. but it's. I thought it's still pretty cool and pretty yeah. gross. It's pretty cool. Yeah, we went to the 
in Scotland, we went, we were in Scotland for my brother's wedding. We made sure to go to like the caves from Prometheus and like see them. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so rad. An alien, a good wholesome alien family. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's amazing. Okay. So as an adult now, um, what, what would you say draws you to the genre? It's just like, I don't know. It's comforting in like a bizarre way. And then I just think it's like such a cinematic genre because like for me, like I'm not like a, you know, lots of dialogue and like talking and acting and stuff like that. Like I really like movies that are like wholly cinematic and I think genre like uses music and cinematography Mm -hmm. and I think it can tell really interesting stories because, you know, they're fantasy at the end of the day, most of them. So I think it just brings, yeah, it just brings everything that I like in movies, like to the forefront, I think. Um, and I and I like to be scared. Like I love that feeling of complete panic and like, you know, I make movies, I know exactly how they do what's happening on the screen, but still like there are those like heart stopping moments in the rare film that comes out these days. And that's what I'm looking for, for sure. So you still get scared watching horror movies? Yeah, some of them. Um, cool. There is that chunk in the middle of the night house that we watched last weekend that just, that's not oh. my heart. Like that was that was scary. There's some good moments. There's some yeah. really good moments in that movie. Yeah. And then, yeah, we, we went to Deep House and that had like some pretty, <laughs> that's a pretty wacky movie. Like it had a couple moments that got us pretty good. Um, so yeah, I still get scared, but it's pretty, the ones that like truly haunt me are few and far between. Do you remember the last movie that haunted you? The last movie that like in that way? did to me what Poltergeist did to me was the first Paranormal Activity probably. <gasps> okay. Oh my god we are very similar because that yeah. movie also like absolutely wrecked me yeah, and that was, was one of the last times I remember being that too. terrified. Yeah it was like Poltergeist and then it was seeing the ring in theaters and then oh. it was Paranormal Activity. Those were like the three that for weeks, I was I would wake up and I'd be like, uh, like horrified. So I, I mean, the three you just you just chose are all kind of ghost movies. Are, do you believe in ghosts? Is is that what is it? What about it? Do you think terrifies you? I have no idea if I believe in ghosts at all. I'm not religious whatsoever. Yeah, same. I don't believe that there's like souls with unfinished business walking around. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I think that's what's cool about like movies that hint at like maybe it's some kind of weird uh, like dimension slippage or time dilation or something like I like ideas like that but yeah I don't know they still scare me they always have like supernatural is what has done it and it doesn't seem to really matter if I truly believe it in the cold light of day or not it's still that's why I was curious because um I the movies that that honestly that I remember like being terrified at a lot of times are supernatural or ghosts even though I don't As people who listen to the podcast know, I don't believe in ghosts. I'm not, I don't believe in the supernatural, but it's like movies that have ghosts. I I don't know. Maybe it's because they can be more inventive and Mm -hmm. it's, you're not expecting it. And then it jumps. I don't know. But for me, so that's why I was kind of curious because they are the ones that scare me all the time. I also think it's like, like if something like that happens to you, like, what are you going to do? Like if, if it's a Mm -hmm. slasher, like, okay, it's a physical thing. I got a shot. The odds might not be great, <laughs> right. but like I can do something. Could fight him off yeah. at least. <laughs> and then I remember like when we finally saw The Exorcist, like we weren't religious whatsoever. So it wasn't like I'm afraid of like an actual demon, but it was like learning that a lot. The leading theory is that it's like a psychosomatic, you know, fear, mm-hmm. guilt thing. And then it's just like, oh, like, am I going to give myself possession because I'm like 
so afraid of the exorcist so right yeah like oh yeah that was my thinking when i saw the exorcist too i grew up catholic but like not super catholic and so Mm -hmm. when i watched it i was no longer like really in that but still still you never know i don't know man i'm not trying to i'm not trying to play play around and find out (laughs) i don't want to (laughs) know Yeah. So aside from Alien, which I'm guessing is still one of your favorite horror movies, what are some of your other favorite horror movies as an adult? Um, one of my all-time favorites is Prince of Darkness, for sure. Like, okay. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. I love that movie, like, a lot. I watch that movie constantly. Um, I like, like Halloween. It's amazing, obviously. And that's kind of like Alien to me, where it's just like, it's the approach, it's the direction, it's everything working together mm-hmm. that makes a script that's like, you know... Like, what is that actual script, really? And then you watch the movie, and it's like a masterpiece. And I think that's incredible. Um, Blair Witch is one of my all-time favorite movies, for sure. <laughs> um, still scares me. I love Blair Witch. As you'll find out when we talk about your movie, I'm a yeah. huge found footage person. And yeah. So I'm very stoked. Sweet. I'm just, like, totally, like, blanking. <laughs> and Like, Lake Mungo, oh, again, it's... is, like, totally oh, a favorite. Lake Mungo. Oh, what yeah. a phenomenal well, definitely, movie. Like, can't talk about the strings without talking about Lake Mungo for sure, because that was sort of like the driving force behind like what kind of scary we were hoping to make the strings oh, oh, essentially. Cool. Wait. Oh my gosh. I never I had not ever made that like connection in my head, but I definitely see that a lot. Like you have that dread in the strings. Mm. But before we get ahead, um, since that's it, we're kinda of talking about the strings now. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about the strings, what it's about? Sure. It's about Catherine. Um, she's a musician who has just broken up with a boyfriend and her band, which was doing pretty well before that. Um, she goes to her aunt's cottage on the shores of Prince Edward Island in the middle of winter to like sequester herself and kind of start from scratch essentially with like a new approach to her music, um, and work on a couple of new songs and just get away from everything and, and hopefully like recharge creatively. Um, and then it turns into a ghost movie. She and a photographer go to a place with like a violent, dark history and something seemingly follows Catherine back to the cottage and she starts to kind of lose it and start questioning about what she's seeing and what she's feeling and uh, it all goes badly. (laughs) <laughs> for everyone it sure does it does it does it sure does mm-hmm. cool and so um tegan johnston mm-hmm. who plays Catherine, performs all of her own music an incredible performer her like her music is so haunting and it's just incredible and i i want to listen to her music all of the time forever but so how did you kind of get connected with tegan and start working with her on this project so tegan and i had made two music videos together at that point okay. she i had cool. done a music video for like a emo band that featured uh, um, one of her friends doing like a singer songwriter kind of verse in it um so i think she saw like an instagram post about that music video and reached out about doing some for her. And yeah, we just did really small, low-budget videos, essentially just her and I and a camera. And I just thought we worked really well together, essentially. Um, And that's just, that's how we came to be acquainted. And then I had been thinking about doing a project at 
our family cottage in Prince Edward Island. And then one day, like it just sort of clicked together that it might make sense to, at first I was going to do a visual artist, like a painter or something like that, but I didn't really know. And it was like kind of on the back burner while I was trying to get another bigger project off the ground, which is slow and painful. (laughs) So then when Tegan and I did the second music video, it was like a wintry one, had a bunch of fake blood in it. And it was just like a lot of fun to do it. And then at one point it just clicked. It was like, oh, like maybe let's just put this together as a feature and, and get it done. And just kind of snowballed from there. It happened pretty quickly for sure. Cool. Was that filmed at your family cottage? Is that? Mm-hmm. Is yeah, that... I spent wow. like every summer there growing up. Wow. I, it has like, it's it feels like a character in, in the movie. And there's there's definite, like th- this movie... I was rewatching it again this weekend and I was reminded about like, it's a perfect winter movie because it felt, it feels so cold outside of, mm. of that house. Yeah. The, the, the scene of where she's like staring, I think it's might be on a, it, it looks like a dune in a desert, like a frozen dune, but I think it's like on the beach mm-hmm. potentially. And just mm-hmm. the way that the coldness sort of seeps into the, the picture, I was, it's, it's fantastic. Sweet. Yeah. Like, and I had never I been there it. in the winter. So we had like, and it's you know, 18, 1900 kilometers. It's a two days drive away in the summer. So like, I don't the whole project itself was like, let's get all these things and like, hope for the best. And like, it's either going to be a disaster, or like, maybe it's going to be really special. And like, it was both for sure, because it was not an easy movie to make. Uh, absolutely. But um, I don't know, I think it was just the right movie to make at the time. Like, I knew the architecture of the house, like, so I was able to write Mm. for it, like, specifically, which I think if we had just showed up at some, like, rental property, I think things would have been a lot more generic because I wouldn't know the layout and, you know, we would have been watching horror movies there as a child, like, so we, like, I was afraid of that cottage already, for sure. Oh. And certain things, like had happened like the scene with the the painting on the wall like that happened to me when i was staying in the basement there so like that's why it's like such a kind of weirdly specific scene in that movie but uh we just had to put it in there because it happened there and it like always stayed with me for sure one of my favorite scenes of the movie is is the one at at night where she's looking around with with her with her flashlight in bed and then you know things just sort of progress from there Mm -hmm. without giving things away but like there are some really strikingly haunting moments in this in this film that I just I think are so they're so well done. Thanks. Like uh, I love I love the 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 scene. I mean, not to spoil anything, but she's running through the house and you see the lights through the the windows and whatnot. And I just it's such a it seems like such a small thing, but it, it's so effective at, at like establishing how kind of confined that place is, but also like how terrifying mm-hmm. it is. If that makes sense, yeah. And like some of that is kind of just accidents when you have no money or time because like Mm. the plan was to run through the house with her and it was like, we just couldn't do that. So it was like, the idea was like, oh, like, let's just show the movement with the flashlight beam, like moving through that house instead. And like, then we only have to do one shot essentially, but then (laughs) you end up with something that, you know, it wouldn't be in most movies because that's not the way, you know, it is natural to cover something like that but well i I feel just thinking about this that like a lot of this movie feels like we're sort of almost a voyeuristic looking in on Mm -hmm. her as she's in very intimate moments of making you know making music and that kind of and that 
and you know, she's, there's a, a scene where she's in the bath and there's, so it's, it feels like very intimate. And so that kind of pulled back moment still feels like we are a voyeur watching this on the outside. Like maybe we are the ghosts watching her do this. And it just, I don't know. It really, it really worked for me, particularly this last time I watched it. Awesome. So that's fantastic that like, <laughs> it's like a, a limitation of budget that ends up causing with well, a scene that has stuck in my mind since I, yeah. I saw it last year. <laughs> like that's definitely like, I'm glad you picked up on it. Like that was my approach. Like, kind of directing it was to start off like very objectively and like avoid any kind of like in your face, like music video kind of thing and just have it be like, like, yeah, voyeuristic or like a fly on the wall and then slowly get more and more like closer to um, her subjective kind of like experience of what's happening. Yeah, that was definitely the way that I wanted to approach it. This is her first role, right? Other than I guess in, in her music videos, because she's more of, from what I understand, more of a, a musician. So how did she, how did she find this? Is she, is she going to be in more stuff? Does she have a acting bug in her? Do you think? Uh, I think she kind of always has. I know like she did stuff growing up, I believe like was in school and theater and stuff like that. Um, but it is her first scripted role as far as I know. Okay. I think she she's like, enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. She's very charismatic. Yeah. That's, she definitely commands the camera. Absolutely. That's like when I was editing, cause I edited the music videos too. And I was like, all I need is like 80 minutes of this and like a couple of jump scares and like, it's going to be good. Cool. Um, so Ryan, we've talked about your horror history and about mm-hmm. the strings, but what movie did you bring with you today for us to discuss? So my pick was the 1998, I believe TV movie, alien abduction incident in Lake County. I believe it's the most common uh, name of this film. So for those of you unfamiliar, um, we'll re- give you a brief synopsis. Um, after a mysterious blackout, a son goes to investigate and captures footage of actual aliens. When the aliens follow him and his brothers back home, all hell breaks loose. And just for context, everybody, this is a sequel, not a sequel, a remake of the McPherson tape from 1989, directed by the same director, Dean Alito. Alito? Is that how you say his name? I'm terrible with that, but... Alioto? Alioto. Alioto, maybe? Yeah. So this is his remake of the McPherson tape, which is fascinating. But before we get into all of that, Ryan, I mm. want to hear why you picked this movie, what terrified you about it. Like, give us your horror story about alien abduction incident in Lake County. So, and like, I didn't go back and like double check any of this because I figured like this scar of this movie is more important the reality of what happened but <laughs> yes absolutely i had not seen it in whatever 20 plus years before rewatching it for this but from what i remember one random weekday my dad came home from work with a vhs copy of what i thought was some type of like special news broadcast about UFOs. (laughs) And I don't really remember like if he was trying to trick us or like if maybe he didn't even know really what it was. But I think one of his coworkers was just like, you guys, you should check this out. Like show it to the kids, maybe something like that. And so it was like, it wasn't one of our big weekend watches that I've been like looking forward to. It was just like, here's this and I believe there's like a multiple different versions of it. I think the first version we watched was just a television hour, which kind of added to the mm. like the television special vibe of it. I think it was like 44 minutes, 45 minutes, something like that. And yeah, I think after dinner, just popped it into the VCR and it destroyed us. It's a found footage movie about aliens when you're, I believe I was 
10 or 11 when I saw it and I didn't, I had no context what found footage was. I didn't know people could pretend to make a movie look like a home video. It was just above questioning for us. It was just like, oh, here's people getting attacked by aliens in their house. And it's like, I live in a house. Right. I'm going to be attacked by aliens for sure. <laughs> so you thought it was, you thought it was real. Right? I, I did. Yeah. And then like, I think the copy we had, it, there was end credits. And then mm -hmm. that wasn't enough. We were like, no, like it's too real. <laughs> it's just like, it was just too much. It's just too main. Like at the time it seemed like too mundane to be fake, I guess. Um, yeah. Watching it now, I don't, I feel that way about the original, but now, like, I, you know, it is kind of what it is. But back then, yeah, when we watched it, it was just devastating. Yeah. I'm remembering, I, I never saw this movie um, until this, this watch, mm -hmm. but I do remember growing up in the 90s when there was sort of like a resurgence of, of alien, like, talk, and it was accompanied with things that were being presented as real. Mm -hmm. So there was the, the thing I never, I, we never had cable. And I think this aired on in the States on UPN, mm -hmm. which was a cable channel. So I never saw it. I'd never heard of it, but I do remember watching alien autopsy mm -hmm. on Fox one night. And it was like this big thing of like alien autopsy factor fiction. And it was, you know, being narrated by uh, the guy from um, Jonathan Frakes, I think was, was his name. Mm -hmm. <laughs> who was in like Star Trek The Next Generation and he's hosting it and they had like people that I was familiar with with because I if I want if I remember correctly because I have not looked this up but I think it was Stan Winston was on talking about how there's no way this could be faked and <laughs> mm -hmm. it, and there's all this kind of stuff going on and I just remember this time period being full of stuff like this uh Unsolved Mysteries had a ton of alien type stuff on it there's this movie that we're talking about now it just that was such a a huge fascination in the nineties and it, people thought it was real. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's kind of like a X-Files thing rubbing off on, or maybe even X-Files was just part of that. Also responding to the same zeitgeist, I guess that was, I don't know. I wasn't old enough to perceive anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> right. No. Did they have, uh, do you, did you ever see alien autopsy? I was wondering if I saw you, you a version Canada, of it. Right? Yeah. And I feel like that's okay. one of the things that's maybe there's a couple different era versions of that as well. And I believe our, our dad randomly showed us that at some point too. I remember seeing that, but like very piecemeal. And there was, I have a very specific memory. There was a game called Alien Autopsy where like you could perform your own autopsy on like an alien body. Oh, yeah. And, and there was, they had like, goo and stuff in it, right? Yeah. And that scared the shit out of me. Cause like, I don't know what was happening in my little brain. Cause I was terrified of aliens. <laughs> like I was like, aliens are coming for me. Alien. And like, I read obsessively about alien abduction stories. So I know like what to expect from alien abductions. Like I was like obsessed and terrified of aliens. And so that terrified me. I don't know why, like, a game, but I think it was, like, the connection of the the show Alien Autopsy with that game somehow is, like, it's too real. I can't have this, like, even if it's a game, it's, like, too much of a tangible piece of evidence of, like, con like mm -hmm. <laughs> conducting an alien autopsy. And that got into my head. And, like, I was also terrified of the X-Files, too. So, like, that era, I was, like, in 1988, I was pretty young. But, like, still, like, aliens were just, like, an obsession for a very long time. But I never saw that. I never saw this um, until mm -hmm. until like today. But I'm surprised I didn't because <laughs> I, I love the yeah. production stories. Yeah, I was curious when I was going to pick it because I, I knew that you were super into found footage. So I was wondering if 
and kind of so research. So I love the McPherson like, tape. Yeah. So like I love I've seen the McPherson tape, which this mm-hmm. is like revamped version of, and I own it because they it was on it, they sold it from Vinegar Syndrome, and now it's available to watch like on mm-hmm. sh- on Shutter, right? Shutter. Yep. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I loved that. And this I actually liked even more than the McPherson tape. I was very I was interested to see like what the differences were gonna be and like how how it was going to be different. And this one, I think you had like talked about it, right? You said the first one's very mundane. It very much feels like a, it's a birthday party and it just feels like a bunch of people hanging out and talking like shooting the shit. Mm-hmm. And then aliens happen. And I love that. But this one has feels a little bit more purposeful. Like a little it's a got it's a mm-hmm. little bit more like scary movie, like trying to be a little bit more of a scary movie. But I also think they add a lot really a lot of really interesting emotional like beats for this movie because it's a Thanksgiving movie. So Mm -hmm. happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And (laughs) perfect timing. Perfect timing. And this movie, I don't know about y'all, but I have had some pretty traumatizing Thanksgivings. I have a crazy family and Thanksgiving is always both amazing and the nightmare (laughs) when alcohol gets involved. And so like you know, the vaguely racist relatives that I unfortunately have and, like, kind of have, like, this experience, like, with, and this will bring that up, and the, like, whispering about someone's, like, alcohol, like, how much alcohol they drink and, like, needing to talk to them about that. Like, it just captures the very awkward vibe of Thanksgiving, which is a holiday I love, but also have a very weird history with, and I really off the bat liked this movie and how it captures like the awkwardness of Thanksgiving and how it's a great time to be with family but then all of the weird family dynamics that happen especially after a trauma because this is after their father has passed away so everyone's super weird about all of this like their mom is drinking again everyone is just like on edge and tired and sad and so I don't know like this movie about aliens to me captures those dynamics in a really fascinating way that makes it feel like a home movie with the family that is just having a hard time. So I don't know. I really liked that kind of capturing of the family dynamic of a Thanksgiving. It's not just all happy, happy times. It's very, there's a lot of weird intricacies going on there. Yeah, it's definitely, I watched both of them back to back today. So I have a bit of a migraine from like two hours and 47 <laughs> minutes of like found footage family screaming and loud, loud shushing. But it's very interesting to watch them back to back. Like I think the first one is like, is really cool because it's like a pure like found footage, like it's like the most purest form of it because it doesn't, right? it doesn't seem yes. like it's aspiring to adhere to any kind of like storytelling like really whatsoever (laughs) it's literally just like we're at a birthday party and we're just gonna like record it for posterity for our family like there's no Mm -hmm. reason for me to be filming other than it's a birthday party there's no story it's just a birthday party yeah and then the second one like as soon as you watch it it's like oh like it's a fan footage horror movie compared to the first one so like the lightning shows up in the sky like three minutes in and it just like kind of gets going does so fast i was like oh okay we're really just jumping right the right right the fuck into the aliens and like to what's going on but like again they still like establish the family dynamics in a really fascinating way so quickly and then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. like all right there's lightning like there's (laughs) something going on also the fuses are totally blown and the power's out like Mm -hmm. uh uh-oh i I did want to make a comment because uh the Talking about how the first one had like no no real plot or anything like that, I love that they're because the, what this one does is it intersplices with um, experts. I'm using <laughs> that with quotation marks. Um, talking about this movie, which 
I want to get into a little bit later about that format, but the one that, that killed me was uh, Damian Hawkins, filmmaker, who is played by Dean Aliotto, the director of this movie. And he's talking about how it takes a lot to scare him. The tape unnerved me. And he's like, they're clearly no actors. The family members are not working off a script. There's no plot. It's not lit. Like he's, he's literally talking about everything about the McPherson tape in particular yeah. that I, that I remember about watching that, that movie. And I just, I, and he, I love that he says, if it's a hoax, I should have been the one to direct it. And I just like, okay, <laughs> I see what you're doing. Yeah. Was great. I know I was dying. I was like, mm-hmm, this is a great, nice little tongue in cheek <laughs> yeah. moment here. But I will say those expert inner splices were so weird. Like, I guess yeah. in the version I watched, like, on you, the YouTube link that you sent us, because, y'all, mm. this is not a super easy movie to find, so it's available no. on YouTube. It starts off, like, a found footage movie. There's, like, a weird intro. And then all of a sudden, it, like, freeze frames and fades yeah. out. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and then the sheriff comes in. I think it's, like, the first one. He's like, I don't know, yeah. just terrifying <laughs> tape. And I was like, wait. What is this? <laughs> I was like, oh, are we gonna get like a breakdown of things from like a lot of experts? And not really. Like it's so bizarre. Like no. it's just ran like no real rhyme or reason. It took me a while to realize that those are probably the where they cut to go to commercial breaks. Oh, and duh. so they froze. <laughs> and then it, it took me forever to realize that I'm like, this is really breaking up the action. Yeah. And that is my one complaint oh, actually man, about this film. Outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I'm so I'm so into it. And then it's like Yeah. And then it's like, we're going to have the people come in and talk. And I'm like, no, this is like building up to something really exciting. And I, and it took me so long. I was like, why are they doing this? They are ruining this like momentum. And then I realized, oh, this is where they're cutting to commercial. And then the, talking head is bringing us back into the movie presumably yeah. oh my god but like but this, this program contains graphic imagery that was so funny oh. i was like <laughs> does it <laughs> it does, the best yeah, does it? it's t- like literally they picked the worst i don't throughout all 95 minutes like here's the best part of the movie like we're gonna ruin it i know here's the best part of the movie <laughs> the best ones at the end which like spoiler alert is like the little girl's like renee's dead and it's just like commercial <laughs> i know i was like <laughs> what oh man but uh oh my god but yeah, i just thought those were like those those inter- interstitials were i was like oh it's gonna be like a last broadcast type of thing because the last mm-hmm. broadcast is like from that era and that's like a mockument it's like pseudo documentary format and i was like oh okay like this isn't what i was expecting it's definitely like veering away from the mcpherson tapes not really but i guess maybe like i wonder that was like they had to do they were doing that for tv like you said terry like bring you back in from commercial break like that made more sense to kind of have those talking heads it's weird Mm -hmm. it's a very weird addition that like doesn't make much sense but like Mm -hmm. but i also think that was the time yeah the the time period too because like i they honestly were trying to say that this was real right when it first came out like they were trying so so hard to like position this as sort of the next alien autopsy. And so it made sense in that aspect to have the talking heads because it's like, hey, remember that creepy alien autopsy tape? This could be, mm-hmm. you know, those yeah. aliens. Like, that's how it felt to me. Yeah, yeah. And that's like, probably why I think they intersplit. Yeah, they cue it up like as a – because there's like the the, te- the text crawl going up with like the narrator and then it's like alien abduction. Did it happen? And it's like, right. so it's like not quite, it's like set up as like a TV special and stuff, but the following footage, if real, it could be yeah, the most exactly. important evidence ever. But <laughs> I, I, I'm, 
at a loss for why they would choose to destroy all the tension. Every time they build it, when is like, why wouldn't you cut to those like to cover up kind of the more boring parts and like the more boring aspects. Yeah. It's that's a choice. I don't think this was made for television. Like it doesn't feel like it was made for television. Mm -hmm. It felt, it felt like it was like a, you know, a 90 minute movie that is now being kind of, Oh God, how are we going to put this on TV? Mm -hmm. We're going to put these breaks and the breaks have to come at specific times. That's, that's really how it, I don't think, I really don't think they were really thinking about how it was going to play on yeah. television. There's some interesting yeah. like IMDb trivia on it. Cause I guess like they did a table read, it was supposed to be feature length and they did a table read and it was like 45 minutes or something. Oh. So a bunch of it is like very last minute, including I think the framing device was like a way to just beef up the running time. Oh, oh that makes okay. sense. And like ironically, sense. like it was cut down to a 45 minute TV hour <laughs> and it included those interstitials anyway. And like, so yeah it's the version i saw i believe was the tv hour version which includes like most of all the scary parts except for the ending because when i saw it as a kid it ended with tommy in the bedroom being frozen by the alien and that uh, was it okay. it just stopped okay i didn't have like them walking into the kitchen no they didn't have the like remake oh, that shot from the McPherson tape. I don't believe because yeah. I don't really remember that until I watched it. Okay. Yeah, I was um, I was looking on I on Wikipedia and they and I because the version that is on YouTube is the alternate ending extended version, and so okay. I was like, ooh, I bet it actually would be creepier the way it ended with Tommy because it's according to Wikipedia, Tommy drops the camera and stands frozen in trance like state. Mm. The tape stops. Yeah. The family and their guests have not been seen since. Like, I feel like that is much more of a mic drop moment mm -hmm. than what we got when they extended it personally. Yeah. I like both scenes for sure. Yeah. I don't know. It's like when we, I mean, it worked because when we were kids like that ending, especially like as, you know, I would identify automatically with like the youngest person there who's oh, not yeah. a toddler. So like to see that teen like get frozen was it was horrifying. It was. It was well, really and the movie is from his perspective because mm -hmm. he's the one you mm -hmm. know with the camera. So it definitely kind of puts us in his shoes. And I can imagine if you were a kid in particular being like, oh, I am Tommy. I'm holding this camera. I am I am in this and this is my story. I could see for sure. Mm -hmm. I was also yeah. thinking about in, when you were talking um, how your your father came home with this VHS. I was thinking about how that is something that I don't think we really get a whole lot of in 2021, where it's like someone comes home with this tape and you don't know what's going to be on mm -hmm. it. And I thought about this in particular with the McPherson tape originally, because that, from what I understand, was kind of circled a, like around on VHS tapes. And that's how people saw it and, and learned about it back then. And it just there's something dangerous about that. Just coming home and you have like a VHS tape of who knows what, and we're going to sit down. Who knows if it's real, who knows what you're going to get. Mm -hmm. And that's, that kind of adds to the, I don't know, the mythology of, of watching a movie at that time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like if you were college age or something and that tape was floating around campus, it would be like oh. the first original one because like, it's, it's so believable. And back then, like there were no real special effects like that anyway. Like, mm -hmm. I think it yeah would have been would have been horrifying to just be handed that tape and be like oh check this out. Well, like the McPherson tape has such a weird history too because like 
it was made and no, it didn't get it really picked up. But then the director found out that like people were watching it at like conventions and people were talking about it like it was an actual V, like an actual document of an abduction. Like people legitimately thought it was real. Like it was such a weird organic found footage like phenomenon situation, which I think is so fascinating that like it was completely just like oh, i was like oh whatever I, I made it and it's like not happening and then all of a sudden people were like oh no this is real footage and like it was in what i think it was unsolved mysteries like <laughs> it, it took on its whole it's, it's like a life of its own for a while and then that's why i think it's so interesting that they remade it for this like alien abduction tv movie and i just think that's like the history is so fucking fascinating about that and like about found footage just again this was a, this was an era like where found footage wasn't really quite a thing yet like this was 1998 this was before Blair Witch Project so like Mm. we hadn't gotten that big boom of like oh this is like what found footage can be and I mean that obviously had a huge like the huge viral marketing campaign and everything but this is like such a precursor to that especially because there is that really intense monologue scene towards Mm -hmm. the end where Tommy puts the camera down in the bathroom and is talking to the camera and is like, we're not going to live through the night. Like, I'm so sorry. And like, he's like a kid. He's like a 16 year old kid. And it's mm-hmm. so harrowing. He, and it's, it's like a, it's a precursor to the Heather, Heather Donahue iconic monologue mm-hmm. from Blair Witch Project. And you're like, Oh, they like, <laughs> they definitely watched this movie. And we're like, we have to have something like this because like, it's so upsetting. If you, especially if you think it's real, like you are watching someone's like final conf- like words of before they die. And like that is so fucking like terrifying to watch. Like the mm-hmm. fear in that person's eyes. And even if you like, you know, it's not, like, I know that it's not real. It's still really emotionally intense, especially because this is like a home video and it, it just pumps out that kind of emotional intensity of the film so much and makes it all the more kind of upsetting and sad, not just scary, but like really sad. And I know it's interesting. It was kind of cool to see it here and be like, oh, wow, like this is Blair Witch Project before Blair Witch Project happened. Because all of the time we're always like, oh, that was from the, like, people took that from the Blair Witch Project. But it's kind of cool to see something like the Blair Witch Project took that from there. I mean, it literally, I guess it doesn't check all the boxes. It like essentially creates almost every single found footage. Like except for night vision, it literally has like everything that we associate with found footage. But yeah. It was sort of this lost artifact since, you know, it didn't play Sundance. (laughs) It was just like this weird UPN show that some people taped when it was on and some people watched. But it's it's pretty wild how, like, like, I feel like a lot of people, if they watch it for the first time, it, it might not work because it might seem cliche, but it's like, no, it's not. It's like this is the kind of where it came like, from. Like, kind of revolutionary, actually. Like, this is, like, the be- mm-hmm. one of the beginnings of found footage. Like, the McPherson tape is definitely, like, very yeah. much a beginning of found footage. And then mm-hmm. there's, like, Ghost Watch. That's, that has a lot, like, Ghost Watch is in the night, like, 1992, and there's a couple others, but it's, like, we're finally kind of finding these artifacts, like you said, Ryan, of what, like, mm-hmm. the precursors to that, and I love that, because it's, like, found footage isn't new. Uh, There's a lot more of it now, but it's not new. And there were people really experimenting with this format in so many different ways. And I think a lot of those like direct-to-TV kind of specials and movies are always discredited a little bit. But it's, again, it's nice to kind of have this resurgence of like, oh, no, like these these specials were really fucking people's heads. Like they were on TV as real. Like it wasn't like a movie. Yeah. Like people were like, oh, here's a special that's real. Like that is fucked up. Like pretty fucked up. Like Ghostwatch, pretty fucked yeah. up. Like yeah. people thought that that was happening. And that's crazy. But like 
could we get away with that now? I don't know if we could. But like it, it would, but I don't even know like te- like it would be possible because we'd all be like, "You're fucking with us." Like I feel like we would yeah. be, we can't be fooled as easily as we used to mm-hmm. be able to. If I saw Ghostwatch as a child, I would have expired. I would have just passed away. Because <laughs> it's like... Cease to exist. <laughs> like, I can't do this. It's scary. It ceased to be. I like, saw I've never it seen like it. four or five years ago for the first time, and it was still scary. But if if I had been like 10 when I saw that, it would have been over for me. I also would have passed away. I've been like, it's yeah. over. It's real. Oh, Terry, you should watch it. It's really... I think it's really good. I think it's really fucking It was creepy. on Shudder for... A- a bit yeah. and now it's yeah. not and i missed i missed yeah. when it was on there is like a bfi dvd of it i think on ebay oh, okay. it might be like region locked or something but um it's it's pretty cool that it's kind of out there officially now um yeah good it's movie. good stuff so mary beth you're talking about how you don't know if we could have something like this happen today and i'm just thinking about how this and blair witch in particular were the, it was the perfect time for them because like uh when i was i was looking up um information about this movie and there was debate over whether it was a hoax or not mm-hmm. and it was happening on internet chat rooms and bulletin boards online mm-hmm. and so like i'm seeing that and i remember at the time when um blair witch came out that was a similar thing that was happening before like it was discovered it wasn't is that people online were were doing theories about it and what i thought was interesting about this is that apparently um they did an interview someone did an interview with the lake county sheriff's department and they said there's no one named mcpherson living in lake county at the time and so like that's kind of how it sort of crumbled but the show was played in new zealand with a disclaimer that its authenticity was still a topic of dispute in the united states and they cut the final credits (laughs) so that no one knew that that there were actors in it that's awesome wow (laughs) But that that's like incredible. what I think that's what they did. And I, I was thinking about that in particular with Blair Witch and, and how they want because we talked with Blair, about Blair Witch on, on the show before. And I my particular memory about that was seeing a sort of documentary, quote unquote, that was playing on, on sci fi that was like pur- purporting to be this sort of like background story about before the movie came out oh, that's right. yeah, this yeah. was sort of what they did is they 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 played with audience expectations and and got away with a lot of stuff that i don't think anymore you could get away with was that curse of the blair witch it was that's yeah. on tubi right now actually you can... oh, oh was yeah. it really at least to parent canada I, it terrified me. i actually have it on vhs because we were obsessed you really with blair witch one and two like we we ran we disintegrated those vhs tapes just watching them <laughs> you've probably heard this because you listen to the podcast ryan but i live right near burkittsville maryland i grew up around here i, I, I live like that. That's awesome. 45 minutes from burkittsville and so that movie fucked me up because i was like yeah. i can't do this like i would go to i went to camp every summer in the woods not near burkittsville but i was like i don't give a shit like i don't care if it's not in that if it's like <laughs> yeah. north maryland beside like not this way like i was like i can't it was yeah. bad but I live we really like, close. It's like, I guess it's inevitable. Like, when that movie came out, um, I kind of grew up in a, we had like a lot of woods. It was like a pretty suburban city, but we were kind of backstopped by this escarpment covered in woods. So like right after that movie comes out, of course, there's like rumors that there's a house somewhere here or there. You can go <laughs> find it. Right. And so we just would like go try to find it when we were kids and like be, it was scary but we like had, yeah we had a fucking crazy creepy house behind our elementary school in the woods so after i saw blair witch <laughs> i was like absolutely not like this is not going to happen and yeah it wasn't as creepy but still pretty rundown and creepy so it was just like the too much too, 
Not that I saw, but I wouldn't go inside. I refused. I think there was always rumors like, oh, I found a dead body in there. Like everyone mm-hmm. always had like some horror story of like a horrific thing they saw in there. Yeah. I never did it. I was too chicken shit. I couldn't. I was like, I'm not tempting fate. I don't want to find out. Like, I don't need to know. Oh, no. Like, I have watched enough horror movies at the age of 12 to know that if I go in that house, no. I'm not coming back out of it. So. We were kind of like sadists when we were kids. We would like, we saw Exorcist and it was like, get the Ouija board. Like, Captain Howdy, like, we're finding this guy. <laughs> Let's, I was me, and it was like it was always like a chicken thing, right? It's like if you were alone, uh-huh. you're not going to do that, but you're like no. with a bunch of other kids, so like you have to. Or egg in a mug. I remember being in our friend's basement that was uh, had the sliding mirrored closet doors, and doing Candyman like when we were there what in elementary wrong school. With you? And, uh, and just like turning, <laughs> sitting there, turning the lights on and off while you're saying it, and it's like you know, 16 feet of mirror paneling or something. We were beautiful. <laughs> no, I don't. You know what? I, I don't. I can't. I can't do it. But I'm glad that you did. <laughs> but, oh, I can't even do it now. I won't do it. Oh, I could. I could very easily. Yeah, we could, could do it right now. Mary Beth. This is sort of like you. a black mirror. Fuck you. <laughs> um, okay. But so <laughs> one of the things. That this... <laughs> Back to the movie that we're supposed to be talking about. <laughs> No, but one of the things I really do like about this film is the the way that they stage some of the alien encounters. Uh, the scene where like the camera is, I, I can't remember if it's just it's sitting down on the table and you see like an alien run past the window, for instance, that sort of like background type thing. I love when movies do that. And I think that the reveal of this, of the like alien up close where poor Tommy. And this was so relatable. The idea that like, you know, he's so scared that he peed his pants. And so he goes upstairs and he puts the camera down and goes and changes his pants. And then when he picks up the camera and turns, the door closes, Mm -hmm. the alien is there and you get like this brief close up, Mm -hmm. like really VHS quality. So it's terrible. And that actually benefits the fact that I don't think it was probably a very good looking (laughs) alien, but what we see is enough to be haunting. Yeah. And it's like a big, Face filling, a camera filling face yeah. of this gray alien. Yep. The one in the bedroom was, yeah, that's that was too much. <laughs> that was like, it's so well done too. Yeah, because you know, yeah, they could have done that scene and it could have been dumb and it could have not worked at all. But it, no, it was it's handled really well. It's really scary. The the amount that you see when it closes a door is just like perfect. Mm. And then it's just pitch black. I'm, I'm curious what what you thought when you first saw this. If that if that moment stuck out to you? Yeah, that was that was it. Like, and to, that was that was when the... we watched it. That was like the ending. So like mm-hmm. that was mm. the scariest part. I would say. Other than like, like I said, when I rewatched this for the podcast, I hadn't seen it since '98 or maybe '99 or something. And it's like some of those scenes are seared into my brain, like. I couldn't believe like the recall, like when he, the shot where he pans down cause he peed his pants. Like that's like trauma, like burned into my head. I remember that. Mm. And then when you see the foot go into the bathroom window, like if you would ask me to draw like what that shot looks like, I would have been able to draw exactly it because when we were kids, wow. that was just like the fact that it's in the house already, it was just like so scary for sure. Oddly enough, that's like not an alien shot, but I remember Maybe even the scariest part is when the ball of light just ends somebody. Because oh. I'm like, that's cheating. Oh, yes. Like, wait, you're telling me I could just be like hanging out and then a ball of light could just like come into my living room <laughs> and just like kill me? Like, 
you can't do anything about that. Like, so it was, it was, I was really afraid that I would be killed by a ball of light. The version I saw, I believe she just passed out and, you know, it was 45 minutes. They don't have enough time to go back to her like six times like they do in this version. But man, where they take it in this feature version, it's like so dark. It's frothing. Yeah, just yeah what the fuck? Slowly <laughs> expires like on a couch in front of her whole family. It's brutal. And then like the, the little just girl like, just being like, she's dead. Like, she's Jesus. Dead. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I also don't remember them playing up the whole like possessed kid thing, which was one of my mm-hmm. favorite things when I rewatched it. I was like, oh, that's another one of those things that's like now it's a total cliche. But back then, like that would have been that's really cool. I think like having like an inside person trying to get them to do whatever the alien wants. I thought that was really sweet. Yeah. Like she has like that trans- like that transition where all of a sudden she just says things like, you shouldn't be doing that, daddy. You shouldn't be going out there. That's not a good idea. Like so matter mm-hmm. of fact in her statements mm-hmm. about like the bad things that are about to happen, but no one listens to her because she's a little kid. But yeah. she's like, I'm telling you the truth. Like <laughs> very matter of factly letting you know what's about to go down. And you're not going to listen to me, and that's fine, but that's your funeral, basically. And she's, like, in cahoots with them at the end, or that's, like, implied that she lets them in the house. Yeah, Ah! she's totally alien-possessed, for sure. (laughs) Like, the, I love the shot where they go upstairs and she's trying to move that bookcase. To me, I was like, oh, yeah. That's incredible. Oh, it's so fucking incredible. That's amazing. And it's, like, that's what I love about found footage is because, like, I don't know, you can make that shot so scary and mean so much, but... But visually, like, it's just a little kid trying to move a bookcase, but it's so There's, scary. like, so much more meaning behind it, which is... Yeah. Ugh. It's... I love found footage. <laughs> Do you? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. The, the movie also kind of has, like, an almost cosmic horror element to it, too, where the, there's the scene where, like, the all the power is out the circuit breakers are fried and everything and then the lights come on and the blender starts working and the Mm -hmm. fridge starts pouring out ice and water Mm -hmm. and like things are just happening all around that should not happen and no one knows how to deal with it and it's like the world is turned upside down things that should not be working are working and insanity is happening in this household and i just i i kind of really dug that watching it as as an adult yeah totally i yeah, the appliances going on and off is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, the nosebleeds too, like, Oof. oh yeah. The other script that I have that I wrote like before the strings, like, literally has like a nosebleed scene, like a mass nosebleed scene, like because of watching that movie twenty years ago. It's just like I don't like it's kind of people overuse it now, like in Stranger Things and stuff, where it's just like nonchalant. But like, think about if you were with six people and everybody got a nosebleed. They just like, started bleeding. Uh, yeah. Nosebleeds. I the again. I, I get terrified of nosebleeds. If I have a nosebleed, I'm like, uh, nope, no, thank you. I'm uh, something bad's happening. Like there's a ghost. I'm dying. Whatever. Yeah. Like, I, 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 yep. Something yeah. so simple and like so kind of seemingly benign is mm-hmm. also incredibly terrifying. Absolutely, definitely. Uh, so I, I know that she's. She's an alcoholic, and I know that it's not supposed to be funny, but I loved the mom. 
I love this entire movie. She's running around with a full glass of wine. And every single time you see her, the moment she's like going to get low, it's the next scene. It's topped off again. Like she is, it's a mood. Mm -hmm. It's honestly a mood. And to be perfectly honest, if this all shit was happening, I would be like, give me the wine. Let's just start drinking because there's nothing we can do about it. But I I love, uh, there's the moment. Uh, it's a it's now kind of a cliche as well in, in found footage but the low battery warning mm-hmm. oh, on yeah. the on the tape and he puts it down he's like my battery's almost dead and mom's like oh finally <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah they're like Fuck she, she's like i, I can't i can't handle this anymore i'm so done with you and your found footage camera <laughs> yeah the the grandma with the wine when they're outside is like the best whip pan like of all time they're like running around outside lit only with flashlights and like pans back <laughs> and the mom's just like there with her glass of wine feels yeah. like a filled to the very top uh, I, uh my notes were full of like mom still has the wine <laughs> yeah exactly and like you know they have these like really intense conversations at the beginning where they're just like mom's drinking again because dad passed away like and they're yelling at hit at the younger brother tommy because there's two older brothers who are like, you should have told us, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, what am I supposed to fucking do? And he's like 16 and they're trying to tell him to fix mm. his mother's alcoholism and like get her to go to support groups. And it's just like really tragic and so sad. And then you do kind of laugh because you're like, well, I would also be having a full fucking glass of wine if I was in this scenario. I'd be like, there's nothing else I can do. But like yeah. they set such a like really tragic tone at the beginning of this with the family situation with the brother like the dynamic between the brothers but then they also have the brothers being incredibly racist or one of the brothers being incredibly racist yes which i don't don't know if that subplot is like was in the tv version because when i watched that i was like that's okay (laughs) (laughs) i mean i guess like it sells the whole like thanksgiving thing but it it's pretty it's hard to watch that's for sure with doing it on found footage is just like gut wrench yeah and when when kurtz is like you tell this this asshole and he pauses and he's like what do you really want to say i was like oh my god i cannot believe this is happening i know i was like this is a nightmare even without the aliens coming in this is a horror movie and like the way that kurt so kurt's the older brother and like when the the sister brings in her boyfriend who is black his name is matthew he's just like oh hello and it's like very awkward around him and then when they go outside he's like she should have told us he was black and the other brothers are like why the fuck do you care like what does it matter like what would that have changed and it was just so weird and i guess like again like you said it adds that kind of like awkward family dynamic of thanksgiving but like just very bizarre like the one black person in this movie is just a weird racial tension Mm -hmm. object just bizarre Mm -hmm. this movie's weird I also really liked how the footage gets scrambled whenever there's alien (sighs) presence around. It was such a a cool little moment. Was did that happen? I can't remember. Did that happen in McPherson tape or is that Uh, is that just with this? I think it it happens a little bit. I know at the end when the there's the awesome final shot, there's like this amazing hum that just starts building when they come in the door. But I don't remember it getting like quite so pixely. I think Maybe a little bit, but that they definitely do it a lot more because there's a lot more action in this one. Um, and I like that it's not like a lot of found footage movies now. They just like do these really loud glitches that aren't even glitches that can even happen like on, on the digital <laughs> yeah. formats that they're shooting on. So they're just kind of irksome. But yeah, the way that it just obscures it enough is is really cool for sure. Yeah, I like that too. And especially because there's the, the scene... 
at the beginning when they see the aliens for the first time and there's like they do like a full-on like spaceship alien reveal which i thought like for a low budget found footage movie like for a made for tv movie pretty great like reveal of everything going on like the sense of scale and everything i was pretty impressed by that whole moment and it is terrifying because like they're using and i love this about found footage when like they use the camera to zoom in to see what's going on so it's not just filming for the sake of filming but zooming in so you can actually like perceive what's happening like in front of your face and like mm-hmm. they're both in the background just like what's going on let me see and like i can you it's just like i love it when you can just hear the scuffle but not see it and you can just the vibe is so panicked and frantic but also can't look away because they want to know what's going on oh and then when he points the laser pointer at them and it's just like yeah zero. <laughs> yeah no no sounds like yeah no. i remember as a kid the two scenes with the lasers were really scary and part of it was just yeah silent weird red light that just comes out of nowhere yeah it's like you said you can't how do you how do you protect against that yeah that ball of light is is just ball of light it's mean (laughs) it's fucking mean yeah one thing so the what i love is when movies end or have like a number in it and i was actually going to try it and call the number on air but (laughs) i googled it earlier and it's a spam call it's like a this is a social security, like mm-hmm. you're, you're, we're coming to your house to like, <laughs> there's fraud alert, like that kind of thing. So I was like, ah, that's, un- that's unfortunate, but it does give a 1-800 number at the end. And I just, <laughs> I love when movies do that. 1-800-555. So didn't have high hopes for it. <laughs> no. Yeah. I like the lower fi, like creepier stuff. Like when she starts talking to the dead dad, like that's amazing. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh. <gasps> Yeah, yes. and actually in the OG tape, like, when they're kind of, like, doing stuff and not realizing it, I think her name's Renee and the old one, too, where she, like, just walks to the door to open it, and then they, like, go and get her, and she, like, snaps out of this, like, weird trance that she's in. I find that just, like, super effective. There's, like, no special effects. Aliens aren't even in that shot, but it's just, like, you're corrupted, like, your consciousness is, like, hijacked and, like... It's, or were they hearing things? Yeah. Oh, like, the camera the, doesn't. Oh, I at the, yeah, like the last the shot. They're like, I have a headache. Like, stop playing, and everyone is yelling at her to stop mm-hmm. playing. Presumably playing the piano because she's plays the piano for a lot of the film, like mm-hmm. throughout the movie. And that was really creepy. And like again, like your brain playing tricks on you, and you not in control of your own mental faculties. Like someone mm-hmm. else is in control of you and your your perception of reality. And like, fuck that. <laughs> Yeah. No, thank you. And Matthew and I think it's Linda start making out. Yeah, that was definitely not right. in the version that I saw. Because when I saw that, I was like, what the hell? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you're 10. You're like, I. No, 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 you didn't see it when you were 10. The aliens but... <laughs> come like how many light years away? And they're just like, let's just make them make out. <laughs> not 95 minutes yet. They're just going to start kissing. <laughs> 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 I remember, uh, I noticed today when I was like watching the old one, the sense of like doom when they're playing cards at the end is like really incredible. Mm-hmm. And like, I guess, cause one of their husbands or boyfriends or whoever is like missing and they're like trying to like calm her to say that he's coming back, even though I'm pretty sure nobody thinks he's coming back. Um, and then they're like, we didn't find the flashlights. Like, you know, like nothing happened to them because we didn't find the flashlights and that kind of like ultra specific like bargaining is like such a sign of like oh they all know that they're it's terrible like their situation is like so grim that like they're just going to latch on to the fact that like we didn't find flashlights like so these aliens didn't abduct them 
is like yeah. to me when I watched it this time, I was like, for some reason that just hit me as like so depressing. Actually, I, I actually kind of laughed because I was thinking about how here's a white kind of, I, I don't think they're suburban, but it feels like a suburban family doing everything in their power to have Thanksgiving, regardless of the fact there's an alien invasion happening around. Because like there's multiple times where they're like, let's go chop up, have some turkey. Let's go, you know, trying yeah. to maintain some kind of like civility and some kind of like uniformity and function of the holiday while pandemonium is happening mm-hmm. all around them. And if it just, we eat it the turkey, made me laugh. it is fine. Yeah. <laughs> as long as we eat the turkey, everything will go back to fucking normal. Well, it kind of reminded me of how you were talking, Mary Beth, about how this, this kind of encapsulates that sort of Thanksgivingness where it's like, things are happening, things might be awkward, but we're going to eat this fucking meal. And that's what it kind of reminded me of. Well, like, it's, that, it's like that, in, that, that scene in Signs that really like mm. the suppressing scene where like they all eat dinner together and like it's like the like they if, have you seen signs ryan and my oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah like where they're all eating dinner together and he's like we're gonna have a good fucking dinner and like he starts shoveling mashed potatoes in his mouth and starts to yeah. cry and it's just like that's too much like good god like we just want to eat our dinner and pretend everything is fine when everyone is just like slowly dying inside and mm. Yeah, I do think signs might have taken from this movie a little bit, too, because the shot we, we talked about a little bit earlier. And so made me think about it. And I'd been meaning to talk about it, it when they're outside and you see the camera is panning up on the roof of the house. And that's when the you know, the alien has gone inside the house. I was like, cause I remember the in, in the signs where they're like they're looking around the house and it's like up on the roof. And that's kind of what leads to it. That and then the alien just sort of nonchalantly walking in the background. Like, yeah, these moments kind of just reminded me a little bit like, oh, signs might be cribbing from this a little bit. I kind of always thought that, too, for sure. Um, and I remember like reading that, like, Sixth Sense was like straight up on Are You Afraid of the Dark episode that he saw on TV that has like that is like beat for beat the same as Sixth Sense. So, like, a, you know, that's mid 90s. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he definitely just randomly got incident in Lake County and signs is like early 2000s right so it's like definitely not yeah. mm-hmm. far oh, down true. the line yeah wow okay i do have a question have you guys ever seen a ufo or do you think you've seen a ufo i remember krista and i one time we were driving uh, one time we went to prince Edward island in the summer and we were driving home on a road that had no street lights i remember us both seeing like a light in the sky very briefly and then probably mostly joking but like talking about how that was a ufo but no like full-blown sighting that i can remember what about you mary beth so there's one time and i i don't know what it was it's a very similar story to yours actually ryan i was we were uh steve my fiance and i were driving home from a friend's house and it was on like a dark road and all of a sudden we saw this like big flash and something like shoot through the sky and disappear and I was like, that's a fucking UFO. Like, it was immediately like I thought it was a UFO because it was so fast. Like, it wasn't like a firework. It wasn't like a comet or like a meteorite. He He's very logical and doesn't believe in that stuff and told me that it was definitely not a UFO. But I think it was a UFO. It was weird. It was like super bizarre. Um but again, like, I don't really actually know what it was. But it was just like one of those weird things that happened in like at the middle of the night and you're driving mm-hmm. home and you're like, mm, nope, definitely something weird happened. So I don't know if it was actually a UFO. And my stepdad has claimed that he has seen multiple UFOs is what he has told me. Um, I don't know if he is telling me the truth or not. but I mean, you couldn't identify it. So technically, by definition. It's true. Very good point. <laughs> Very good point. Yeah. He used to live in California and like, a, um, like in Napa. And he would say like, 
but he was also like smoking a lot of weed at the time when he was younger. So like, I don't like, you never know like what was true. Yeah. And like, that was my, I went to school, uh, I went to college in Southern Maryland and it's near a naval base. And so I had friends who would smoke mm-hmm. weed and sit outside in the middle of the night and like say they saw UFOs coming off the naval base. I never saw them myself, but there were lots of rumors like that going around my college that there were like <laughs> UFOs like all around us because of the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> never saw it but i like to just tell that story because i think it's like spooky mm-hmm. i would love to have some kind of like i've said this about the paranormal stuff i would love to have an experience that like is in infruitably is that even the word it's in, in- indubitably oh i can't even <laughs> in- talk right in- now infruitably <laughs> infruitably it's infruitably <laughs> it's you know impossible to discount that that might have been an alien I, I would love to have an experience like that i've just i never never have yeah unfortunately i just like to i'm always curious i love spooky stories and spooky spooky weird experiences Same. i love them yeah um well should we wrap up and give this our rating out of five? Sounds good. Cool. Okay. Terry, how many little gray men out of five do you give Alien Abduction Incident in Lake County? Well, this one is a very surprising movie for me because yeah. I kind of went in with very low expectations because I was like, this is a made for cable movie in the 90s. Today, that has a different meaning to it, but like in the 90s and just kind of, I don't know, I wasn't expecting a whole lot, but I was really enthralled. I'm was incredibly annoyed every time that they would do the freeze frame and then cut to a talking head. I realized that that's because of the nature of it being a television movie, but I was so, cause I would get so in, enraptured in what was happening. And then it was just like immediately just taking me out of what was hap of, of everything that was going on. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, that aside, um, I really kind of dug this and the acting might be a little circumspect in spots, but like, I thought it was really well done. I'm, I think probably I'm going to autopsy one of those green little gray men and I'm going to give it a three and a half and the other half can be donated to Fox uh, for their little (laughs) 17 minute alien abduction thing. Uh, (laughs) What about you, Mary Beth? How many little gray men for you? Um, So I uh, am going to give this actually four little gray men. Because I think this is an incredible found footage movie. Um, Again, I also had sort of low expectations. I love the McPherson tape and I was curious, but I I kind of was like excited to kind of see how they took the McPherson tape. But I was like, I don't know how they could really build on that. Uh, I was very, I was uh, surprised how wrong I was. They really built a fascinating like family drama on top of an alien abduction story with some really terrifying moments and some great utilization of the found footage techniques before they really were like set techniques. And it's just really awesome to watch this and see how much it informed a lot of horror filmmaking just in the in the next like decade. And also watching this, I couldn't stop thinking about how I would have seen this as a kid and would have been fucking terrified. Like if I had seen this at your at the age Ryan saw it, I would have not slept for weeks. Like, and I just appreciate, I I just was in that kind of mindset set and that kind of was fun to be like, oh my God, this would have so totally scared me as a kid. This was just the kind of shit I Mm -hmm. loved as a kid to watch and like be terrified. And I loved that. So I'm giving this four little gray men. Ryan, you have the final word. How many little gray men out of five do you give alien abduction incident in Lake County? I have a feeling that three and a half gray men sounds right. Little gray men sounds right to me. 
as well. I could go four on some days. <laughs> I'm sort of biased, I guess, because it did just like, it's seared into my brain. But I mean, for when it was made, like, yeah, it's like, it creates so many found footage boxes that we now take for granted. Mm-hmm. So like, I think it's undeniable. I think the confession to the camera is like an A plus scene. I think it's incredible and uh, really painful to watch in like a mm-hmm. kind of beautiful way. Um, and yeah, I just, I think it's interesting artifact of 1998. It definitely is. Oh, yeah. I agree with you there. Uh, well, thank you so much, Ryan, for joining us to talk about alien abduction incident in Lake County. Did I get it right? I yes. think I got it right. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, Oh my gosh, I just lost my mind. Uh, where can our <laughs> listeners find you and what do you have coming that, you, that you're able to share with, with listeners? Um, I'm on Twitter, at Ryan C. Glover. Um, that's kind of what I use most these days. Yeah, I mean, the big one is the string is now on Shutter and will be for eternity, I hope. Nothing like, you know, in the immediate future outside of the strings coming up, but hopefully more horror films that are like that. Hell yeah. Awesome. I'm not good at selling myself, but <laughs> watch the strings, guys. Um, please. Um, but listen, it's really good. You've heard from us. We want to hear from you. What was your experience with the alien abduction incident in Lake County? Send us an email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com or reach out to us directly on Twitter. I am at MB McAndrews. And I'm McGaley Dreadful. And of course, don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at Scarred Podcast. And please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe. Thank you to Eric Power for our artwork. Thank you to Sean Keller for our music. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Please stay safe out there. But most importantly, stay creepy. And until next time. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs and medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. 
If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com